Thanks for tuning in to episode 82 of The Happiness Playbook, a podcast that supports your practice of play theory, a life strategy that cultivates hope, generosity, and validation of self and others. Here at The Happiness Playbook, we believe life is a team sport, and we're all in this together. So let's join forces as we focus on the positive and share tips and practices to improve your happiness game. I'm Larie Florence, and I'll be your host for this episode of the Happiness Playbook. We're going to share our happiness highlight reel a little later on in this episode. First, let's review last week's challenge or activity. Did you start a happiness practice? Did you make a plan? And have you committed time in your regular schedule to follow through? We can't emphasize enough how valuable this will be. I've been a student of play theory for a couple of decades, and I can tell you it does get easier and become more natural. It will still require that you're proactive and that you take the time to ask the questions and review the principles. I found that it becomes a habit for me when something doesn't feel right or I'm having some anxious feelings. I can go through the four principles and ask myself, which one could I do a better job of applying and it will help in that situation. But if I wasn't consciously thinking about the four principles on a regular basis, I wouldn't have that tool in my toolbox to counter the challenges that I face on a regular basis. So I really hope that you'll take the time to find a way to practice these principles on a regular basis and see the value they'll add to your life and to our communities. Let's check in with our Team Happiness Huddle. Thank you to all who have left us a five-star review. We really appreciate the love and the universe will reward you for sending out all that positive juju. Seriously, I am a believer. Let's get to this week's play-by-play. I want to talk about kigatsuku, a Japanese word meaning an inner spirit to act without being told what to do. I learned this word 35 years ago from a Japanese exchange student named Izumi. She was always smiling. She was alone in a strange country, struggling with the language, yet she was happy. I noticed others around her consistently loved her. She was kind and offered to help. One day, I asked her why she was so positive. She explained she was following this principle of kigatsuku. Let's break it down. Izumi told me that in her culture, this highly valued characteristic meant that you would do what you know you should do without being told to do it. Or said another way, recognizing needs and filling them voluntarily. Literally, the key or the K-I in the word means feelings and the T-S-U-K-U means to apply or adhere. So to apply one's feelings or to become aware of or to perceive or another way is explaining it is to stick to, to catch fire or I love this one, be lighted. So it's basically saying my spirit or feelings are energized towards what I'm aware of. I'm going to say that again because I love it so much. My spirit or feelings are energized towards what I'm aware of. I love that. It's interesting to consider how this relates to focus. 
If you remember in episode 78, we did a deep dive on the superpower of focus. And so this principle of Kigatsuku is being more aware and then being congruent with that awareness. I sincerely believe that if we were completely aware of others' needs and how they were feeling, we would consistently treat them with greater kindness and generosity. So the technical definition of Kigatsuku is notice or become aware, conscious of, be attentive, to perceive, to realize. Think again how much those relate to our idea of our idea of focusing. Another part of the definition is come to oneself or recover consciousness. And I think in our, our society today, we're lulled into these distractions and we really aren't aware. So if we can tap into that superpower of focus and awareness, we'll have a much better chance of actually applying this principle of Kigatsuku. So I wanted to jump to our highlight reel where we're going to share some positive examples from around the world because I think it ties into this principle of looking outward and being generous. So there's an article that says, Vancouver couple converts their huge resort property into a Ukrainian refugee home for dozens. So this couple own a nature resort in British Columbia and they've put their renovations for the property on hold in order to welcome 100 people who are homeless, who are refugees from the crisis in the Ukraine. And they're hoping that they'll be able to fill all of the places that they would normally use to have you know, guests come and stay. They would have refugees come until they can get their feet on the ground. So that's so generous. And talk about Kigatsuku, looking outward, being aware, and seeing what you can do to help. Another article said, woman ensures safety of passengers by waving her red sari, which is an Indian type of clothing, to stop a train after spotting a broken track. And it goes on to talk about how this woman may have saved hundreds of lives in India by, after she had spotted this broken track, she noticed that a train was coming and so she was waving her red garment in front of the approaching train. And she said she remembered that red was a color that meant danger. So she thought that she could do something to help in this situation. And her quick thinking probably saved between 150 and 200 passengers uh, that were on that train. That happened in India. Then a third story that I wanted to share says, uh, the title is, Danish company creates children's book to make Ukrainian refugees feel at home. And this is wonderful. There's a publishing group in Denmark and they decided that they would make this little booklet that would help Ukrainian families learn specific words that they might need in a new culture and help them learn more about the Danish culture and help them feel more at home and let them know that they were welcome and wanted and safe. And they also similar sorry, they also highlight the similarities between the two cultures, the Ukrainian culture and the Danish culture, to help the new refugees feel more at ease. So they were hoping to, they started out publishing 20,000 copies 
And once they got the word out through social media and through all the other people who also are looking outward and thinking and asking what is needed, how can I help, all 20,000 of these copies were distributed within 72 hours. And then their office was inundated with calls for more orders. And at the time of this recording, they have fulfilled 100,000 orders for these books. What a great example. All of these links will be on our show notes if you'd like to read the whole articles. But I thought it was beautiful to share stories from around the world where people are following this, this Japanese principle of looking outward, being congruent with what they're aware of, and taking action. So there are small examples in our life. We don't have to do something big like save Ukrainian refugees, although I think we should all do our part to help where we can. But every day in the day-to-day, we can practice building this principle in our lives. A small example might be clearing your plate after you're finished eating rather than leaving it on the table for that nameless, unthought-of person who's going to put it in the sink and then wash it. You could use a reusable shopping bag when you go out to the store. It takes a little more thought, a little more effort, but you're saving a shopping bag from being thrown into the ocean or filling in a landfill. You could pick up that piece of trash that you notice when you're out on a run. Maybe you don't have to pick it up on the way out, but on the way back, when you're closer to home, pick it up so you can throw it in the trash so the next person on the trail won't have to see that. I remember when I was younger, And when we would take our children camping, we had a motto, leave it cleaner than you found it. And when we would pack up, we'd have everybody scour the ground, look for little tiny bits of things so the next person who came didn't have to see someone's gum wrapper or piece of trash. You can do things like holding a door open if you notice someone's coming in behind you. And all of those things, they're tiny and they're little, but they're flexing that muscle of looking outward, practicing that principle of Kigatsuku and thinking of others. What would the world be like if we all practiced this principle? Let's just take a moment and consider. So many of our current woes and problems would disappear. And the problems that remained, we'd have a much better chance of solving them if we were all looking outward and working together. So back in episode 78, where we talked about that superpower of focus, It was so important to consider how valuable it truly is because if we're not aware, we won't notice the trash on the trail or the dirty dish in the sink. We'll never even have the thought to clean it up if we don't see it. If we don't practice focus, the never-ending distractions that are all around us will continue to blind us to the opportunities to look outward and practice this principle of Kigatsuku. Why is this attribute so important? Because when we look outward, we're connecting with others. We're building relationships and strengthening our community. When we lack these essential elements of well-being, then we'll buffer from discomfort and short-lived physical pleasures and short-sighted activities that don't serve our long-term goals. In contrast, when we look outward, we find fulfillment, purpose, and peace. Let's wrap things up with this week's Play of the Week. We're going to review some of the elements of Kigatsuku first. To recover consciousness. To come to oneself. To become aware. To notice. To perceive. To realize. Once we can do this, then, and only then, 
can we recognize others' needs? As you do so, here's what you can practice this week. Find a way to do more than you have previously to lighten a burden you notice that another is shouldering. It might be your spouse, it could be a sibling or a parent or a roommate. But I promise as you pay more attention, you'll see something that they're carrying or struggling with that you hadn't noticed before. You don't have to end a war or cure cancer, although we'd all be so grateful if you did. As you become aware of where you are and who you're with, you'll see opportunities all around you to strengthen and lift where you stand when you take the time to notice. Imagine if we all did just that. We'd love to hear from you. Tell us in the comments for this episode on playtheory.org if you've ever been blessed by someone else's thoughtfulness and generous actions. Have you practiced Kigatsuku? We'd love to read examples of you've noticed of looking outward and practicing this beautiful principle. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Happiness Playbook brought to you by Play Theory. Thank you for being a member of Team Happy and for letting us be a part of your happiness practice. We hope you'll look outward and send us some love and leave a five-star review on iTunes. And thank you for sharing the podcast and inviting others to join this movement as we all work together to build a community of positivity. We're so glad you're a part of it. We'll catch you next week.